Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Now, this is really where it gets fun, because when you think about what God has done here, is he's placed the, the, the Levites like salt and pepper in, this, in, the, in the whole state of Israel now, in the state of Canaan, this new land that they've got. He's kind of interspersed them in between all these tribes. And it's, it's kind of interesting, because these brothers were for the worship of God. They, they were um, devoted to the law of God. They were devoted to the word of God and the commandments of God. And how important is it to have that light, have that salt? Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Truth in Christ Radio. As Pastor Rob finalizes chapters 20 and 21 of the book of Joshua, he reviews the cities that were set aside for the tribe of Levi. We know that the Levites did not receive a land inheritance like the other tribes, but were given assigned cities to live in. The striking thing about this list of cities is that God wanted the Levites sprinkled all throughout the land of Israel. He never intended there to be one state of Levi, but every tribe was to have a priestly influence and presence in their midst. Now let's join Pastor Rob for today's lesson. What I mean, draw a line after verse 8 here in your Bibles, because uh, verses 1 through 8 gives the outline of the cities, uh, the, the different tribes that they gave to the tribe of Levi. We know that the tribe of Levi was not to inherit any land, but all the different tribes, all the other 11 tribes, were to give cities to the Levites because their inheritance was God himself. Their inheritance was the ministry of the tabernacle. And that was their ministry. And so God gave them that ministry. And so they didn't have an inheritance, per se, like their other tribes. So the other tribes had to give up cities in each of their 12 locations. They had to give up certain cities for the Levites to dwell in. And this is really interesting, and let's just read to it. And then in verses 9 through 42, he specifically gives the specific names of the cities given by the other 11 tribes to the tribe of Levi. So here we have a fleshing out, really, from verses 9 through 42 of those cities. And then finally in verse 43 through 45, we see a record of God's promises being fulfilled. And so let's just read it. It says, Then the heads of the fathers of the house of the Levites came near to Eleazar the priest, to Joshua the son of Nun, and to the heads of the fathers' houses of the tribes of the children of Israel. So notice, the Levites now, after all this land has been partitioned out, the Levites come to Joshua, they come to Eleazar, and to the heads of the fathers of all the other tribes, and they say, Hey, what about us? You guys have gotten all your land and stuff, but Moses said that we are to have land, and so finally they figure this out. So in verse 2, and so they spoke to them in Shiloh. This is where the tabernacle was reared up for the first time in many years. 
They spoke to them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan, saying, The Lord commanded through Moses to give us cities to dwell in with their common lands for our livestock. And you can read about that in Joshua 14. You know, the the Levites, again, they had no inheritance. The Lord was their inheritance, and there's plenty of scriptures uh, concerning that. The priesthood of the Lord, it was also their inheritance. And the offerings of the Lord made by fire, those were given to them as an inheritance. So they had a lot, but they still needed a place to live. They still needed a place for their, their, their cattle and their goats and, and sheep to, to grow and to eat. And so in verses 3 through 8, we see the cities that the, uh, of the families of the Levites that were given to them. And, and, there, and within the tribe of Levi, we have three different families within that tribe. Uh, the Kohathites, this is where Aaron and his sons came from. And then we have the Gershonites and the Merarites, and each of these different families had very specific roles in the tabernacle, in the service of God. Aaron and, and, and Moses, they had, and, and Aaron's son specifically of the high priest, they had a specific role. And then the rest of them, of the Kohathites, had a different role. The Gershonites had a different role. The Merarites had a different role. One would rear up the temple, one would set it up. They all had their ducks in order, in in a sense. Whenever that tabernacle would go down, these three families knew exactly what to do. They were given specific things to do. So in verse 3, these other tribes are giving them cities to dwell in. So the children of Israel gave to the Levites from their inheritance at the commandment of the Lord these cities and their common lands. Common land was just land around the city where they could have their, their livestock grow, uh, grazing. So now the lot came out for the families of the Kohathites, and the children of Aaron the priest, who were of the Levites, had 13 cities by lot from the tribe of Judah, from the tribe of Simeon, and from the tribe of Benjamin. Notice 13 cities. And the rest of the children of Kohath had 10 cities by lot from the families of the tribe of Ephraim, from the tribe of Dan, and from the half-tribe of Manasseh. And the children of Gershon had 13 cities by lot from the families of the tribe of Issachar, from the tribe of Asher, from the tribe of Naphtali, and from the half-tribe of Manasseh and Bashan. Verse 7, the children of Merari, according to their families, had 12 cities from the tribe of Reuben, from the tribe of Gad, and from the tribe of Zebulun. And then finally, in these, um, so the total number of cities here is 48, including the six cities that we talked about in the previous chapter, those cities of refuge. So there's 42 cities plus the six, a total of 48 cities that were given to them. And so now we get into verse 9, and these are the specific cities. And let's just read through it, because there's really not a whole lot to say. And then there's something really interesting at the, at the end here. So they gave from the tribe of the children of Judah and from the tribe of the children of Simeon these cities which are designated by name, which were for the children of Aaron, one of the families of the Kohathites, who were of the children of Levi, for the lot was theirs first. And they gave them Kirjath Arba. Arba was the father of Anak. He was one of the uh, fathers uh, from the Nephilim, the the fallen ones that we read about in Genesis 6. He was from that family of of race of people. And so Arba, Kirjath Arba, is actually called Hebron in the mountains of Judah with the common land surrounding it. But the fields of the cities and its villages they gave to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as his possession. And thus to the children of Aaron, the priest, they gave Hebron and its common land. Notice, a city of refuge for the slayer. Libna with its common land. Jatir and its common land. Eshtimoah with its common land. Holon with its common land. Debir with its common land. Ain with its common land. Judah with its common land. And Bashemesh with its common land. 
nine cities from these two tribes. And from the tribe of Benjamin, Gibeon, with its common land. Geba, with its common land. Anathoth, with its common land. And Alman, with its common land. Four cities. And so, all the cities of the children of Aaron, the priests, were 13 cities with their common land. So what about the rest of the tribe of Kohath? Well, they're listed here in verse 20. So in the families of the children of Kohath, the Levites, the rest of the children of Kohath, even they had cities of their lot from the tribe of Ephraim. For they gave them Shechem with its common land in the mountains of Ephraim, a city of refuge for the slayer, Gezer with its common land, Kibzaim with its common land, and Beth Horon with its common land, four cities. And from the tribe of Dan, Etikah with its common land, Gibbethon with its common land, Ajalon, verse 24, and its common land, and Gath Rimon with its common land, four cities. And from the half tribe of Manasseh, Tanakh with its common land, and Gath Rimon with its common land, two cities. And so finally, all the ten cities with their common lands were for the rest of the families of the children of Kohath. So now we got the children of Kohath out of the way. Now we get to this other tribe within, um, other family within the tribe of Levi, the Gershonites. So they were given uh, from, uh, from the other, it says also the children of Gershon, of the family of the Levites, from the other half tribe of Manasseh, they gave Golan. In Bashan, and I'm really looking forward to the Golan. When we go to Israel, we go up uh, north of the of the Sea of Galilee in Lake Hula. Which, when we were there, it wasn't really there anymore. It kind of dried up. But there used to be a city called Lake Hula. But you go up even further north and to the east, and we go up there on a um, a military base actually. And you can see right in front of you the Mount Hermon, and then you can see Syria on your right, and you look straight off to your west, uh, northwest, and you see Lebanon. And you're literally right there at the precipice of all that land. It's really quite amazing. And so, looking forward to going up to the Golan there. It's a beautiful place. So, the uh, Golan and Bashan, with its common land, a city of refuge. And, and Bay Eshtara, with its common land, two cities. And from the tribe of Issachar, Kishion, with its common land. Debarath, with its common land. Jarmuth, with its common land. And Enganim, with its common land, four cities. And from the tribe of Asher, Mishael, or Mishael, with its common lands. Abdon, with its common land. Helkath, with its common land. And Rahab, with its common land, four cities. And from the tribe of Naphtali, Kedesh in Galilee, which is where we're going to be, where we're going to stay our first four nights, five nights, is going to be up in the Galilee region. Kedesh in Galilee with its common land. And again, this is a, re- a city of refuge at that time. Hamath Dor with its common land, and Kartan with its common land, three cities. And finally, all the cities of the Gershonites, according to their families, were 13 cities with their common lands. You know, and this is kind of tough to go through because we're just reading a list of things. But again, this is a land deed. This is, this is important for them, and they have this record. And I love the fact that God is very clear about stuff. He doesn't leave anything up for chance. doesn't leave anything up for people to just figure out. He, he makes everything clear. It clears up a lot of problems, doesn't it, when somebody just comes and says, this is what's going to happen. And it clears up a lot of problems. And to the family of Merari, verse 34, the rest of the Levites from the tribe of Zebulun, Jokniam with its common land, Kartah with its common land, Dimna in its common land, and Naph... Nehalal with its common land, four cities. And from the tribe of Reuben, Bezir with its common land, Jahaz with its common land, Kedimoth with its common land, and Mephath with its common land, four cities. 
and from the tribe of Gad, Ramoth in Gilead with its common land. And again, it's a city of refuge. Mahanaim with its common land. Heshbon with its common land. And Jazir with its common land. Four cities in all. Verse 40, so all the cities of the children of Merari, according to their families, the rest of the families of the Levites were by their lot twelve cities. And all the cities of the Levites within the possession of the children of Israel were forty-eight cities with their common lands. And every one of these cities had its common land surrounding it. Thus were all these cities. Now, this is really where it gets fun, because when you think about what God has done here, is he's placed the, the, the Levites like salt and pepper in, this, in, the, in the whole state of Israel now, in the state of Canaan, this new land that they've got. He's kind of interspersed them in between all these tribes. And it's, it's kind of interesting, because these brothers were for the worship of God. They, they were um, devoted to the law of God. They were devoted to the word of God and the commandments of God. And how important is it to have that light, have that salt amongst the children of Israel? It's very important, very important. Jesus said in Matthew 4, he says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown down and trampled under the foot of men. He says, you are the light of the world. And that's exactly what God was doing by placing the Levites, who had no inheritance, he sprinkled them in among all the tribes to make sure that they were accountable for the things they were doing. Because remember, we know that they didn't drive out all the inhabitants that they were supposed to. There were still little pockets of things that they were supposed to take care of. And we know through history, and especially when we get into Judges chapter chapter 1, they didn't do that. They did the big things, but they got lazy. They thought to themselves, well, let's just put these guys to work. And that's what they did. They became slaves, the, the Canaanites. Instead of getting rid of them altogether like God told them to do, they, they thought of a better plan, and that was to put them to work, make them slaves. But God sprinkled them in. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 40. We're going to close here in just a few seconds, but this is really important. Because as we read what we just read, a lot of names, a lot of places, why did he do this? Genesis 49, verses 5 through 7. This is really interesting. This kind of puts all of this in perspective. You remember when Israel, before they left Egypt, Jacob, in his old age, he was there with his sons, and he was dying. And his 12 sons came up to him, and he, he blessed them. He had something to say, something to impart to them, some word of wisdom. Maybe it was correction, whatever it may have been. And, and, but what, what does he say to Simeon and Levi? Remember, Levi was a tribe that the Levites were a part of, right? Hence the name. But notice he said what, he said to, what Jacob said to Simeon and Levi just before his death. He said, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Instruments of cruelty are in their dwelling place. Let not my soul enter their council. Let not my honor be united to their assembly. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they hamstrung an ox. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce. And let their wrath, I'm sorry, and their wrath, for it is cruel. And here it is, underline this, and cross-reference it to what we just read in Joshua 21. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. That was their judgment. But notice, Romans 8.28. What does Romans 8.28 say? And we know that all things work together for the good, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, right? Now, you may be wondering, what wicked thing did Levi and Simeon do? 
Because it sounds like, from what Jacob is saying here, these guys were instruments of cruelty. Well, what did they do? Do you remember what happened in Genesis 34? When there was a young man by the name of Shechem, and his father was the, the mayor of the city, basically, but Shechem was the young man, and he goes to, he sees Dinah, who was the, the 12, think about this, 12 boys, and they have a sister named Dinah. The 12 tribes, these boys, have a sister named Dinah. So Dinah goes out walking, and she comes across Shechem. Shechem, his eyes bulged out of his head, gotta have her. So he takes her, right? We don't know the full story about how it all happened, but he basically forced her, his way on her, physically. Then he goes to his father, Daddy, please, she's so wonderful, please get her to me for wife. And so Hamor and Shechem, they come to, the, to Jacob and the, and the sons, you know, and then probably with some intrepidation, but they're wealthy, so they can just pay it off, right? So they come up to him, you know, um, my daughter, my son really would like your daughter, and, um, you know, we'll do whatever you guys want. Name the price. We'll give you whatever they want. And so the brothers go, no, this is what you do. Need all of you guys, if, if we're going to be community with all of you, and you can have our sons and daughters, and we can have your sons and daughters, they can intermarry, everybody think can be simpatico. If this is going to happen, we, wanna, you want, we want you guys to be like us. So there has to be some cutting away of the flesh, if you guys all in this city get circumcised, we'll do it. We'll let you have our daughter, our sister, for wife. So they said, great. So somehow these two men convinced the rest of the men in the city. They must have had a lot of influence. What, what kind of deal they threw in? Hey, listen, guys, after this is over with, I'll throw in a big steak dinner for this. It's only three days of pain, and then you're going to be fine after that. So they do. They go through the circumcision. They're all very sore. And while they're at their sorest... Levi and Simeon come in with swords and they kill all the men, including Hamor, the father, and Shechem, right? That is what Jacob is talking about. As a result of that, I am going to scatter you guys in Israel. I am going to divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. That's what he said on his deathbed, and we see that very thing happening here. And I love that because even the consequences of the sin of Levi and Simeon, it would actually turn out to be a blessing to the rest of the tribes. Can you see that? Because as now they are interspersed in between all of the children of Israel now, the, the, the morality is sprinkled in. Now they're like those lights on the Christmas tree. Do you follow the picture? Jesus said, you are the light of the world, right? We are the lights of the world. He is the light, but now we're lights too. We're to be witnesses. And that's exactly what the tribe of Levi, in spite of their error, in spite of their huge sin that they did, God says, I'm going to place you in interspersed around Canaan with the 12 tribes. Because you guys hold to the law. They didn't at that time, did they? But they were responsible for the offerings, the sacrifices, all the ordinances and all those things. They were supposed to do that. You know, what redemption? If you think of it, these guys deserved to die. And yet God, in his graciousness, says, you know, you messed up really bad. And it's sort of like Romans 8.28. You know, sometimes your worst mistakes, sometimes the things that you've done in the past can actually turn out. We should never assume that our mistakes are going to turn out that way, but God has the ability to take even the worst 
things in our life, our worst sins, our worst mistakes, and turn them around for our good. Maybe it's to minister to somebody else. Maybe you couldn't minister to that woman who's been beat by her husband, but now because you were a a wife who's been beaten by your husband, now you can go and you can really talk with her and you understand where she's coming from. Maybe you've had an abortion in your past, and now there's a young teen girl in the church who finds herself pregnant for a moment of weakness, and now you're able to tell her, honey, don't do it. I can tell you that you do not want to go down that road. I know your family and everybody and your boyfriend is telling you to get an abortion, but I'm telling you, do not do it. Choose life. And even those mistakes can turn for the, for the better, and they can be instructive, and God can use them. And I believe he did that with the tribe. And so finally, the last three verses, and we'll finish. It says, notice, So the Lord gave to Israel all the land which he had sworn to give to their fathers, and they took possession of it, and they dwelt in it. And the Lord gave them rest all around, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. Notice, and not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, well, it, it really didn't all come to pass. Well, it did from God's perspective. Because remember, God told them that he was going to do certain things. And he followed his end of the deal. He got them into the promised land. He vanquished their enemies. Were they supposed to continue and finish the job? Yes, they were. Did they? No, they didn't. But is that God's fault? No, he was faithful to do his end of the deal. And now it was their responsibility to follow through with what he had commanded them to do. But from God's perspective, he, everything that he said to do, he did for them. Now it was up to them. He would give them the strength. He would give them the wisdom. But they had to physically do with it. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of those times in the Bible where it says, crucify, therefore, the deeds of your flesh. What do you mean, crucify the deeds of my flesh? I've been saved. I've been born again. All that stuff is, I'm a new creature in Christ, right? Yeah, you are, but you still have to crucify. You have to crucify them. You ever notice that? You have to crucify them. You have to put off. In fact, Paul says in several places in the New Testament, put off all these things. You, me, you, and he's telling the church, Colossae and everything, you put off these things, and then you have to put on something else. You have to put on the righteousness of Christ. But there is, for us, something we have to do. It's not just God does everything and I just sit back and eat ice cream. It sounds like a really good, good God, right? But God knows better. Because anything that's, anything that's hard, anything that's worth, that's really good, is worth fighting for. Anything that's really, really good is worth going through the knocks and the bumps. Any, anything that's worth anything is going to cost you something. Isn't it true? Parenting. Has anybody gone through parenting and has it been a breeze? If you really did it right, most of the time you were crying. If you did it right, most of the time you were having to discipline. If you were doing it right, most of the time you had to pull out the belt. Most of the time you had to pull away the device and lock it in the safe for three days. You had to do these things. But notice the encouragement that God gives. And, uh, and just uh, see the provision that he made and the prophecy that was fulfilled in getting those Levites and all those places and the city of refuge and, and just how Jesus is our great high priest, sparing us our lives from the avenger of blood, the Satan who comes after us. He's the one who takes care of us. He's looking out for us so we can run to him for refuge.
And that's what these two chapters are really all about. So we, we looked at the history of what happened to them and how it applies to us. How cool is that? Isn't that wonderful? Let's stand. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time, Lord. Bless us tonight as we go from this place and, uh, and help us to enjoy the fellowship with each other. In Jesus' name we pray. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Joshua. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.